127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry, 127 at FBC Bryan. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in a relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, 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 what it do, podcast crew. Already off the rip. Go Rangers. Off the rip. Did like he, Mr. Caleb Mullins. Did he say that real fast? Yeah. You didn't hear him? No, I was I think I'm immune to that now. Yeah. That was crazy. Already. What do you smile about over there? Dude, <laughs> what's, what's going on? I just the Rangers are so much better this year than we were last year. I just need y'all to keep beating the Rays. That's congrats. Fun. Congrats. Yeah, that that's like that's y'all were hot trash. Yeah. And then, yeah. I don't know what happened. The People, Royals are better than they were last year. <laughs> yeah, true, true. People are probably sick of our baseball talk, but no, it's kind of on the it. forefront of the mind right now with day oh, games happening on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're recording this a day before it's going to go out. So, how are you doing, Zach? Am I doing? Yeah, it's been uh, an eventful last couple of weeks. Um, we had we had episodes go up, but we weren't here. Nope. Uh, we had New York happening two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Last week was youth camp, mm-hmm. and so a lot of moving pieces, a lot of uncomfortability for me because I'm not, um, in tuned with the, uh, going from one place to the next, to the next, to the next. I love, uh, you know, going home to the same spot routine routine. Yeah. So it's been a, it's been a challenge for me, but John, yeah. John's been a lot of places, <laughs> Nah, a lot of places out of the country. I appreciate you guys, uh, throwing out some, some podcast fire while I was gone. I've, throwing out i've been just listening to all of yeah. them and uh it's been good it's uh, good for the soul but yep japan new york back for a little while now i'm driving up to driving Wii. back and forth to camp uh preaching at uh, a camp with our good friend danny onaka mm. um it's always a joy to hang out with him and to see what the lord's doing at their church and and tonight's the last night which we're recording this one early but and then then we put our head down and just get ready for a school yeah because it's there Fall semester. Yeah. You got to, you got to, oh, sorry, back. what? Oh, we're, we're, back. we're back. Um, back. Oh my gosh. You <laughs> wasn't ready for that. Punch your mic a little bit, bro. You're, you're about to leave on a, uh, non-domestic trip. <laughs> non-domestic? Yeah, I have, yeah. I have, international. I have, one, <laughs> I have one domestic trip, as you might say, going up and then one non-domestic. Oh. So yeah, I, I have vacation with my family in Corpus, like in Corpus Christi on, I I'll probably leave on a vacation. But yeah, I'm not much of a beach guy, but you know, no, neither with, is Jesus. It's with the family. So <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll get over it. And so I'll have fun. And then that's, that's Monday to Saturday probably. And then, uh, we're going to Kenya, a team of 10 from the church. And so that's August 3rd to the 17th. So basically right when we get back is when howdy week starts. Yeah. Yay. So, you know, Super but that I'm Super excited Bowl, for yay. that. So Super Bowl, yay. when I come back, I might be, um, have more languages spoken so we'll see yeah yeah listen that language is not easy really i'm just letting you know i believe it um just jumbo rafiki that's all you need jumbo to know. rafiki it's hello friend oh that's good um and and then they will call you uh 
they'll call you too blanc, which means white, <laughs> white boy, which means white face. Yeah, um, white face. And then, uh, and then you tell them you're from Texas and they'll go, Oh, Chuck Norris. That's what they'll say. <laughs> Chuck Norris. <laughs> That's, that was yeah, their incredible. go-to. Everywhere I was at in Kenya, they just like scream Chuck, Chuck Norris's Norris. name. Like, what have you done? Wow. That's wild. I love that though. Yeah. Good old Chuck Norris. Well, I, I, I may be jumping the gun here, but, um, I really think that my mission trip is going to be better than yours. So the one you went to New York. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Mine's mine's that's longer. Good. It's two that's, weeks. That's so, <laughs> I was in New York. I mean, fair Times Square. Fair. Got to buy some new shoes in the New York I, I, concrete jungle where dreams are made of. It's true. Food is for sure better. Yeah. Although, I mean, if we're comparing stuff, yeah, we are the the best <laughs> the best <laughs> pizza that I have ever had in my life. It was in a gas station in Nairobi, Kenya. Wow. Now, the problem with that is, is that I hadn't had pizza in a long time. Okay. And so it That's... could have just been like really bad pizza, but it was the best pizza that I had in a long time. That's wild. And it stuck, I never it stuck with me. But I don't, think New York. It, I don't think it compares to New York pizza. There's zero chance. Yeah, mm. there's no way. I mean, hey, their landscaping in Kenya is better. The landscaping? Not landscaping. The landscape? The, the landscape, okay, yes. Like, landscape, <laughs> landscape, not landscaping. Yeah, there's no there. landscaping like, happening in New York. I <laughs> like guarantee the, uh, that. The scenery, let's just say that. There's zero the flowers in better New York. in Kenya than yeah. in, in, in uh, New York. I think there's too is, many buildings in New York. This is really healthy for my soul. <laughs> this good old comparison game. <laughs> it's probably, it might be. Yeah. I don't know. We're about to find out, though, because we are talking about comparison today. That was good. That was really good. I stirred that one up. We basically just kind of started the plot of um, what's the movie with uh, all, all the this. animals that talk, the animated movie. Zootopia. No, uh, the, where they go from the the Central Park Zoo and they end up in Madagascar. It's called Madagascar. I just talked myself into it. <laughs> that's good. That's really good. Way to go. It took me a minute um, with the talking animals. Yeah. Yeah. Talking donkey. Go watch that one. Shrek. Yeah, that's not the same movie. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Right. Well, today comparison, and this is going to be you're getting a phone call. Um, you should spam. pick it up and just see what happens. Spam risk. You should just see what happens. Hey, no, I'm not going to. We're already past. Um, so, as we do with every episode, we kind of lay the foundation um, that we then build on top of. So, I'm just going to ask the simple question: What what truly is comparison? What is what are we talking about? I mean, if we go back to English class, it's just having two different things and trying to find the similarities using like or as liking like or as or not if it's a metaphor yeah um but trying to i'm trying not to use the word compare (laughs) but trying to find the similarities and differences and maybe exalt one and demote the other yeah potentially what okay go ahead i was just like we just, I just looked it up, but yeah, when you, what's, when what's you can't use definition? the word comparison, <laughs> yeah. that, it's like when you compare some stuff, um, consider or estimate the similarities or dissimilarities between two things or people mm. estimate. That's a cool word. Estimate. I want to mm. estimate my similarities. Mm, that's good. So what, what about this in a biblical principle? Like how do we situate this definition within like the Bible and Christianity? I mean, I think first it, it matters what you're comparing yourself to, who you're comparing yourself to. Um, we, we had talked about before just the idea of comparing yourself to maybe where you were in the past. And I think that's pretty natural for 
um, college students to do. And I know for myself, it was easy to be like, okay, well, look how much I've grown in college compared to the foolish kid I was in high school. So I don't, I don't think that necessarily every, um, ounce of comparison is wrong, but I think it really just depends on who are you comparing yourself to. And if, if you're comparing yourself in a way that is exalting yourself and demoting others, then it's wrong. But if you're maybe encouraging yourself or encouraging others, then I think there's a difference there. So I think it really depends on the motive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> motive is a, motive is just a great way to land that. Yeah. Um, the, the art of, or the practice of comparing things to one another. Um, if you approach it with a negative motive, then you're always going to, mm. I mean, you're going to belittle, um, yeah. something, um, but if you're like, Hey, in the, com- in the comparison is, is my motive to, to be better is my motor, my motive to like take the thing that maybe I made and compare it to the thing that somebody else made and go, how is that better? And can I improve mm-hmm. instead of, instead of looking at it and going, it, it's bad in these spaces yeah. so that I can make this look better. Um, motive is just like, shut the podcast down. Like motive, that's yeah. the best thing right there. Yeah. That's good. I, as I was kind of looking stuff up, um, the Bible has some, some references to comparison, but I think a lot of it boils down to old Testament covetous, covetousness, covetousness, whatever that word is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to practice that one 20 times, sure. um, which is kind of the idea of you're looking at other people and you're jealous or envious of what someone may have or not have. Um, and then comparing that to yourself and what God has given you. Um, how does this kind of play into comparison? Are they, similar and intertwined? Are they completely two different ideas? Um, what is, what is the correlation between comparison and covetousness? I'm saying that wrong, but it's fine. Covetousness. Covet, to covet something or someone. I like the, I think you said it right the last time. Yeah. I think that covetousness there it is. can lead right. to comparison. Um, you want okay. what somebody else has. So you're constantly comparing what you have as if it's not enough. But I think it also works on the flip side that comparison can lead you into a space of covetousness. Like they have that and I don't. So I want it. Yeah. I think, I think they're rooted in like the same, same thing of just a, you feel inadequate or you feel like you don't have enough really just discontentment. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I, I like that you brought that up because I think, at the root of probably all comparison yeah. is a, is a covetousness. It's a, it's a discontentment in what you have or what God has given you. Um, so, yeah. And I like this, this sort of came about because I, I literally looked up comparison in the Bible and it's rare, um, to, mm-hmm. to find just comparison in the Bible. And so, um, do y'all have on the top of your head? I know it's a tough question, but just like examples or, and we can jump to, to covetousness, but, um, like, what does the Bible say about the idea of comparison? I like watching him turn his pages over there. <laughs> I'm looking for um, just the story of Joseph. And so if you if you remember just jo- Genesis um, beginning in chapter 37, it's talking about Jacob and he has, he has 12 sons, um, the, the 12 tribes of Israel, basically. And so his um, youngest son at the time is... Um, Joseph and all of Joseph's brothers are jealous. They're, they're envious. They're coveting, um, what Joseph has. And so 
if you were to begin in basically, let's see, um, 18, they saw him from afar. What chapter before, is this? Genesis 37, verse 18. They saw him from afar, and before he came near, that's Joseph, to them, they conspired against him to kill him. Why did they want to kill him? Well, in verse 19, they said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him, and we will see what has become of his dreams. And so the, the story is that um, Joseph is a dreamer. Joseph is the favorite son of Jacob. And so all the brothers are jealous of um, the attention that Joseph gets from Jacob. And so they kill their brother uh, because they're they're too busy being discontent and what they don't have the attention of the father that they their, their comparison leads them to want to kill their brother and so I think that's just one story of yeah. um, comparison and so I would say right off the bat if if you're someone that struggles with comparison s- see how quickly comparison can lead to death there because the brothers they they struggled with comparison they were envious and coveting what their brother had. And because of that, they wanted him dead. Mm. Um, covetousness, comparison, it always leads to some form of death. Yeah. That's good. Point of view. He's just coming back to that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, motive, motive drives. Um, oftentimes, motive drives how we see things. Mm. Um, and so uh, having the correct point of view in a lot of spaces is is big. That's why... That's why I think a church's job, um, more so than than anything else, is like how big can we make Jesus? How how big can we make our God? Um, and in that, then like verses from uh, Isaiah forty, like who with whom can we compare God? Mm. And if you can get people to the point to go, well, there's there's no one. Like there there's 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 no one that is like him. There's no and, and making much of God will fuel our point of view. Um, and then that shifts your point of view, not only for God, but then it shifts your point of view for other people. Mm. Yeah. You, you're kind of hinted at this and we talked about this at the beginning of there's some healthy forms of comparison and some really detrimental forms mm. of comparison. Um, and so I kind of want to start on the detrimental side of this. Like why is comparison with others? And I'm putting with others because I think that's the detrimental side. Like why is that, um, destructive to our faith? Um, why does that infuse just like negative emotions within our soul. Uh, so basically why is comparison bad? Yeah. I'm glad that you asked that. Cause I found the verse I was looking for, um, earlier, but Genesis 37 verse three. Now Israel, that's Jacob. He loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he was the son of his old age and he made him a robe of many colors verse four. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. And so I think an easy question of why is comparison against others so wicked, so bad? Well, for one, it, it rises up hatred in your heart. Because I think when, when we compare and we think, oh man, that person has something that I don't, or that person isn't experiencing something that I'm not, or they are experiencing something that I'm not, um, it's easy to either like hate them and, and be mad at God because he's blessed them and not you. Um, and just as Joseph's brothers, they hated him. I think it can be easy if we were honest to just have hatred in, in our hearts against people and then do what the, the verse also says, but not really be able to speak peaceably, peacefully to them. And so I think it's just we our, our relationships with people get all out of whack when we're comparing. Mm. So, yeah, it's good. 
You looking at me? Because I'm not looking at you. Okay. You don't, you don't have to look at me. It's fine. I'm just trying to find... Uh, <laughs> um, Lagos is moving slow. Um, in, in Romans chapter 7, I mean, why not just go to this difficult yeah. chunk of scripture? Mm, um <laughs> that that is like here here is how sin uses the law to mm. um blur even to convict and then it, it shifts into the problem of sin um in us and and so if you have a proper understanding of sin and we ask this question why is comparison with others uh so dangerous um it it's because of sin um not because of theirs but because of our own and in that then then we begin to throw out uh this function that Paul so clearly describes, uh, for I do not understand what I'm doing because I do not practice what I want to do. This is CSB, mm. by the way. Um, but I do what I hate. Mm. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. So now I'm no longer the one doing it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that nothing good lives in me. That is my flesh. Um, for the desire to do what is uh, evil that I do not want to do like that, that verse, like Mm. that. I just, I know nothing good lives in me. And so if I approach somebody Mm. with the desire to compare myself with them, and I already have this even unconscious foundation that nothing good lives in me, Mm. I'm going to come after that in you. Mm. Because the only way that I can make myself feel better is to try to, to compare and go, well, well, they're better than me. Mm. In these spaces, that's what that's what the comparison is. I know how evil I am, and so now I'm going to have to do everything that I can to make them look worse. Mm, yeah. And so and so you you take love of your brother off the table yeah. and just toss it in comparison, yeah. um, not because of them, and not yeah. because of their giftedness, and not even because of their sin, because of my evil nature that I know is there mm, yeah, all the time. Good. Yeah. But can't, can't that be used for a good thing? Like I look at look at a brother and man, and you just like marvel at like they know the Bible so well. They live as such a godly example of like just the way that they live their life is such a, a sweet example of God's faithfulness. Like, wouldn't me comparing myself to that be motivation to then live a more godly life? Like, how is that bad? Is it bad? I mean, the the scriptures say like in Hebrews ten to spur one another on to good works, and so I like you can look at the deeds of others and be encouraged. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with maybe wanting to do um, good like someone else is. But I think once it once again, as we've been saying, it goes back to motive. And so my my brain thinks like if if there's two there's two sides of this coin. If you're you're either comparing yourself, thinking that you're better than someone else, of like I am doing this and they're not. That's why I. I'm putting myself above them and that that's coming from pride, which we know once again, John just said is sin. And then on the other flip side of, if you're looking at someone who's doing good and thinking, wow, they're so much better than me, then that's your own insecurity and, and, um, doubt. And the whole problem with it is that both situations, your identity is in the wrong spot. Yeah. Your identity is not in Christ anymore. It's in comparing to what others have done. Yeah. So I think that's another reason why I, comparison is so bad because if, if the focus of our identity is not rooted in Jesus anymore and based on what other people are doing, whether that's good or bad things, that's where we were off. Yeah. But I think that if, you're, if your identity is rooted in Christ and you're looking at other people and what they're doing, you say, wow, I want to do something good just like that. I think that's, that's God honoring and God glorifying because your identity is rooted in Christ. Yeah. And that, and that comes with knowing your own heart and where 
you're at with your relationship with Jesus, but you're about to say something. Yeah. I mean, all of those things connect and, and what, what Caleb did is, is the proper thing to go, Hey, let us, let us continue to exhort, encourage, build one another up. But that, that, that entire section in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 19 says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Christ. Mm. And then it goes on and, and continues through that passage, like what we are to do. Um, and, and then it's, uh, he's given us a new flesh. You put those things away. Yeah. He's, uh, we have this great high priest that is our hope. And, and basically the entire section fills you with joy to the point that your response is, let me encourage you. Yeah. Um, and, and so if the thief, John 10, 10, um, has come to steal, kill and destroy, you can, you can make the argument that that first still part is that he wants to, he wants to rob you of your joy. Mm-hmm. I mean, eventually wants to kill you. He wants to make you ineffective. He wants to kill your witness, make you ineffective for the kingdom. And he wants to steal your joy. And that's the start of that. And, and so if, if we will get into the practice of like, what are the things that bring me the most joy? Um, and when you boil that down biblically, it's just like, I'm covered by the blood. Um, it's the argument that I've made this week at camp with students to go, um, as you contend with your sin and, um, replace dark spaces with light spaces, then the light of Christ shines down on you and then shines through you. And you will have joy, even as you're wrestling with your sin, that is contagious to people. Mm. And then you'll help people contend with their sin. You will be okay approaching other people with their sin. Um, And that's that Romans verse Mm -hmm. flipped on its head. And so if I become like more and more aware and evident and okay of the sin and the darkness that's in me, then I don't have that comparison to other people. In fact, I want to point out where you're succeeding and I want to help contend with you in the spaces that you're not. Um, And that gets us to the end of that Hebrews 10 of like, I can consider other people. I can provoke them to love and to good works. I will not neglect meeting together and gathering together, um, but I will encourage. And I will encourage because at the end of that, all the more as we see the day approaching. Mm. And it's not just like the Sunday approaching. It is, I'm longing for the, mm. the second coming of Jesus, and I'm going to get louder and louder every day mm-hmm. um, to encourage other people because that's that's the end yeah. of that. That's really good. Um, I love that you bring up joy because I wanted to, um, I think a lot of people think this is Bible. Um, and maybe it is, and so I'm going to ask the question. Um, Theodore Roosevelt once said that comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. Do y'all think that's rooted in, in scripture? Is it supported by scripture? Because I think a lot of people like, a lot of people claim it as like, yeah, this is, this is second Hezekiah, um, which I don't know. If you what didn't know, think? second Hezekiah is not in yeah, the Bible. It's not. It's not. Just <laughs> Se- for those Second comparisons. Yeah. Second comparisons. <laughs> chapter, chapter 11. Chapter 11. Makes sense. Um, there. The challenge with that, uh, what is it? First Corinthians 10. Is that Paul? Follow me as I follow Christ. I think it's 11, 11, 11 and one, right? Um, and so if like, if he can say that and be spirit inspired enough that it's in the Bible, what he's saying is compare yourself to me as I follow Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way that I follow somebody. What steps are you taking? I'm going to take those steps. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm just going to follow you. And so it, it's hard for us to make the, what, what Teddy said to be, to yeah. be spirit inspired because, um, there are moments if, if okay, I'll go this right. If, if my heart is in the right place and I have seen Jesus clearly and I've contended with my sin and, and I've done all of those things, 
And I've gotten to the point where like, I recognize the evil that's in me. I'm mm-hmm. making war against it. I'm not going to let the enemy steal my joy. And so when I look at Zach and I go, bro, you are succeeding in all of these spaces. It's a lot. Yeah. I will never be able to do the podcast intro in the way that you do. <laughs> and you know what? I love that. I'm not sad about that. Yeah, dude. Be yeah. lifted up. And, and so your giftedness, when I compare myself to you, your giftedness becomes a source of joy to me because then mm-hmm. I go, like, I think Zach's awesome, but he's awesome because my God's awesome and just gave him those mm-hmm. gifts. Yeah. Um, and so there are moments that comparison and, and it's for, in me, um, especially as a dad, you guys don't get to play this card yet. Um, I can, I can see the, the gifts that my wife has mm-hmm. and I can praise God for them. I can see the gifts that my sons are growing up in and I can praise God for them. And, and like I love Finley, I saw this the other day as we were driving back. This was yesterday, mm-hmm. um, driving down there and then driving back. He is like a superb question asker. Mm. He has this yeah. gift that I, like I got home and I'm like, bro, I don't have that. Like you're asking so many great questions and you're stirring conversation. We never turn the radio on. Mm. He's, he's asking all these questions, making up games to play and all this other <laughs> stuff. But he's, he's asking just yeah. phenomenal mm-hmm. questions. Like if I was in a car with somebody, I don't have that skill set in you. And I'm so thankful for it because mm-hmm. it just made my life better. And so when we yeah. look at the gifts of other people, in comparison, which that's what that is, it can be a source of joy. So sorry, yeah. I think Teddy's a liar. Teddy, Teddy yeah. be a liar. Yeah, I think it, like, it, does it steal your ability to be content? Does it steal your ability to be satisfied with what you have? And I think that like, that's what it boils down to in that situation. Like he was saying with, with Alyssa or with Finn, like there are gifts that Alyssa has that he doesn't and he praises God for because if, if um, he had them too, then it would probably make marriage a whole lot harder. Or, would, or I may not need her. You may not need her. And so like a weird statement, but (laughs) um, like the the reality is that like he can be satisfied without those gifts because he can still have joy and be, and be okay because somebody else, God has blessed him because his God is big. And so I I think that comparison is the thief of all joy. It's comparison can be the thief of your joy if you're comparing in the wrong way, you know? So it reminded me of just the idea of a Christian having this viewpoint of, there is one body, but many members mm-hmm. and recognizing you can't play every single part of the church. Um, and there's, there's reasons why you're wired differently than other people. Um, and I think when you're sitting in that space of comparison of just like, like looking at Jesus and then being excited and thankful for the gifts that he's placed inside other people, like that's healthy. Um, yeah. and that's encouraging to other people. Um, and I, I would argue is not detrimental to your faith at all. Um, but actually helps you encourage other people. Well, um, even when it's hard to see the good things in people, like it, it, it builds the spirit inside of you of just encouragement. And so with that, mm-hmm. uh, the other side of this, like there are some good aspects to comparison. So what are some other situations or scenarios in which comparison is healthy and good? I mean, I think we, I kind of briefly touched on it, but just where God has brought you from, I think like, uh, a good example, just, I'm reminded of, uh, John Newton, the guy that wrote amazing grace and how he in his past was a like slave owner. I want to say he owned like 700 slaves or something. Mm -hmm. And yet he he wrote, he God changed his life. God, the spirit of God came inside of him and um, pointed out his sin. And then he repented and turned to Christ. And I think if he were to, if you were to ask that, that man a question and for him to say like, how do you compare your life then? And now he would be like, praise God. I'm not the man that I was mm-hmm. like, praise God that God has changed me. I'm so much, um, more whole now. And like, I think that is a good form of comparison as well, that he's uh, reflecting the work that God has done in him by comparing these two states. 
Yeah. And so I think really like in that moment of, in comparison to is who's getting the glory, you know, are you getting the glory or is God getting the glory as well? So, yeah. Yeah. That, that's the self side. Um, and I think that same idea with the same, uh, this plus this equals glory, um, math, we do that with other people. Mm. Um, because you can open up your Bible software and you can go, Hey, I want to, want to see the verses on compare. And it's, it's not really there. Like that word just doesn't jump out very often. Yeah. Um, but if we were to take every compare and contrast part of scripture out of the Bible, yeah. then it's going to be a really short book. Mm-hmm. Um, because the old Testament law was that, yeah, it was yeah. just like, here's what you're supposed to do. Look mm-hmm. around. Yeah. You're not doing it. Um, and so there, there's a lot of compare and contrast that happens all throughout there. And so the Lord ordained or put into practice that we should measure ourselves up to others so that we can either imitate what they're doing or avoid what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's not a sin if your heart's in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I think even that part of community is important. Mm. Um, and we don't have a, we don't have a, uh, a metric or a law or a standard that drives our community, um, outside of, Christ followers, I mean, but, but even our collegiate community, they're, they're going to be people that wander into open close quote community here that aren't Christ followers that even that may be, um, Christ followers that are really struggling in spaces. And you can look at them and go, I, I, I don't think that I'm better than you because of what you're struggling through, but I'm learning some things not to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not a, because in that process, you should also go, I see where you're struggling. I'm going to get in the ditch with you and help you through that struggle. Yeah. And in that, I'm going to avoid it. Yeah. Uh, and so that comparison is a healthy thing um, mm-hmm. for us. We, we can't run from it. But again, mm-hmm. like motive, I said, we could close it down right there. That's the, what's your end goal in this? Yeah, that's good. I, I think the biggest, biggest, uh, the biggest example that I see that is like kids growing up in a family system with parents that, that operate in a certain way. And I think... I could be yeah. wrong, but I think parenting is like the biggest form of discipleship of just like generation through generation. And so that's in the Bible. Um, yeah. when, when kids grow up and they see the way their parents just like do everything, uh, the way they interact with strangers, the way that they, uh, parent them, not themselves, but like the kid, um, and the ways that they interact as, as a couple, like everything they, they take note of. And I think that's the bit, biggest, oh my gosh, I can't talk biggest example of, like using comparison for good, which sometimes like even in my own heart, I know like can sometimes turn, turn for bad. Like, Oh, my mom does this. And I just like, I cannot deal with that. Mm. Um, yeah. Can I say this one? Or, yeah. Go for it. Done? Go nope. for it. I was just saying, I, I praise God for the fact that my parents are better than me at a lot of things. Yeah. Um, just yeah. like growing up of how basketball, how stupid, <laughs> how foolish I was. Uh, I praise God for the fact that when I can maybe compare myself to them, they have a lot of wisdom on me that I, I can learn from. Um, and so like, I don't think I would be able to learn wisdom from them if I was never saying, okay, here, here's where I'm at. Here's where they're at. Yeah. You know, I think you have to kind of compare to learn wisdom. So, yeah, that's good. And we, we hit on this in honoring your parents episode, but, um, I also think like, even if your parents aren't believers, they have so much more experience on you. Um, and obviously mm-hmm. take their wisdom and put it in the lens of scripture. Uh, but they do know a lot of things that, um, you just haven't experienced it or haven't walked through. Um, and so like we said in that episode, like asking questions is huge. And, and then you can um, become a more sanctified version of your parents, I guess, is one way to look at it, Sure. Um, which is, I think, a healthy form of comparison. But uh, kind of moving to another form of this, like, do you guys think it's healthy to compare ourselves to Jesus? Like, 
in a in a consistent manner because I could see it being discouraging for a lot of even Christians who like love Jesus, claim him as Lord and Savior, but they look to his example and they're like, man, I'm just so far off. Um, is that healthy? Is that um, good for the believer? If it ain't healthy, I don't want to be healthy. <laughs> I mean, it's I'll good. just say that. It's good. If it ain't healthy. I mean, what's the quote? It's if, if, that, if, if that's wrong, then I don't want to be right. That's David you know? Usewell. I think he's David the original Usewell. Center. But like, I think, I mean... Uh, yeah, it's it's got to be healthy. I mean, sure. When sometimes when we point ourselves to Christ, we're maybe a little discouraged because of how sinful we are. But the reality is, we need that because if I know my own heart well enough, it's so easy to become puffed up with pride or conceit or you know not not loving the brothers and sisters the way I should. And so I, I think um, I can't think of any situation where it's it's wrong to compare ourselves to Christ because. Every time we compare ourselves to Christ, we're going to eventually realize that he's in his rightful place as Lord and Savior and King mm. and uh, perfect Son of God. And we're going to realize that we are sinless or sinful, sorry, sinful <laughs> and um, disobedient and yeah. human beings. You know, I think I think eventually uh, if we when we compare ourselves to Christ, we're going to realize that he needs to be in his proper place and we need to be in our proper place. So, yeah. How do you... This is just a devil's advocate question. So, uh, how do you balance that with knowing that, that God's chosen you? Um, God loves you dearly. Um, he cares about you wholeheartedly. Like how do we balance this idea of like totally and utterly depraved? Um, and the side, the other side of this of like, you know, when you accept the gospel, you're dear children to him. We're kind of skewing off the comparison, but sure. <laughs> maybe I answer this. Maybe I don't. Um, when I understand or or when I kind of fall into the belief that God did choose me, that I am dearly loved, that I've been adopted into the family, that all of those things are true, um, I also have to be reminded of what it cost for me to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and if, uh, if I fully understand my view of Jesus is that he's this, be holy as I'm holy, that he's, mm-hmm. he's set apart, that he's perfect, and it, it cost God that to get me um it it took a perfect sacrifice to to cover Mm. all of my sin Mm. then i think my function in that space um it shifts like i want to i want to (laughs) prove this is a weird way to say this in my mind because because i don't think that i'm worth anything but but for some reason to god that's what the cost was and so i want to i want to prove my value Mm. Um, now hear me, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying, cause I don't think that I'm valuable to God at all, but for some reason, this is how the cross worked out. And so, so I don't want to, um, I want to continue to look at Jesus. I want to continue to strive to be more and more like him. I want to, I want to prove that the cost paid for me, I'm paying attention to, um, and, and it would be worth it. Like I want heaven to look different because of, because of my life. And so I think that trumps just the, like, uh, I'm. I don't have to compare myself anymore because I'm a prince because yeah. my dad's the king because he owns yeah. the cattle on a thousand hill and I'm, a, I get to inherit it. That's not like yeah. how you think. It's not a reason then, to yeah. boast for sure. Yeah. He's flipping. Maybe I don't, Philippians. I don't want to move on too quickly. He's flipping right into his microphone. <laughs> I may not even, I may not even find one. Yeah. Listen, yeah listen to me. I mean, I, I was reading, uh, first Peter two this morning and, uh, just the ladies like, and gentlemen, he got into his Bible today. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> um, but like, 
I don't know how that mic's picking up your voice right now because your your forehead's on it. <laughs> I got it like it. <laughs> so, First Peter two verse eighteen: Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. Continues on. For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ Jesus also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. You see what he did there? He, he was showing us that you are called to submit to authority and to suffer well. Why? Because Jesus did it. So basically, Peter here is saying that, hey, you should compare yourself to Christ. You should compare his suffering um, you should see how he endured his suffering, how he submitted to authority, and you should do it just as Jesus did. Mm. You should compare yourself to Jesus so that you can do it just as mm-hmm. he did, yeah. so that you can endure suffering, not for your own sin, but for doing good, so that you would be an example of Christ. Yeah, and solid. Um, so kind of moving to the last part of this, I don't know how much time we have on there, but um, yeah, it's a good time. The um, practical side of this, um, someone is struggling with wrong motives in comparison and maybe demeaning other people or putting people on pedestals even sometimes. Um, what is some ways we can refine our motives um, and seek out better ways of comparison? Yeah, I, I talk myself into this with the cost that my salvation cost God, the yeah. amount that it cost him. So um, Romans Romans 8.32, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us, how will he not also give us graciously mm. uh, all things? Mm. And and so depending on your view of that, what your definition of all things is, but it's it's all things that we need. And so the, the negative side of comparison is that I look to somebody and I am jealous or I am offended or I'm hurt by things that they have that I don't. Mm-hmm. And so our, our proper understanding of God and your proper understanding of Jesus and your proper understanding of that relationship where God sacrifices his own son for us all, um, in that, if he will give that up, then he will also give us everything else that we need. Mm-hmm. And so if I can have that proper view, um, then I don't have to. Um, worry about the comparison game on the negative side anymore. I look at people and go, how has God gifted mm-hmm. you? Praise his name. Mm-hmm. Um, and that becomes the motive. And so again, clear view, every podcast could be this clear view of Jesus is going to answer all of these goofy questions that we ask. Yeah. Um, and, and we don't want to oversimplify the Bible, but there are spaces the Bible is really, really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of those to go like, Hey, if, if you will just understand what, your salvation cost. And as a functional Christian, it is a, it's a negative idea for you to try to pull out the gifts in other people and that make you jealous instead of seeing and identifying the gifts of people and praising God who graciously gives all things to every individual for what they need. Mm-hmm. And just trust that, yeah. that, that can be life-changing because the, the truth of that is, is that all of our differences um, they're part of God's design. Mm-hmm. Like there are going to be, there are going to be, some that have the gift to have like a unique type of faith and some that just wrestle and contend with their faith. There's going to be some that are really good teachers and some that aren't. There's going to be some that are really good preachers and some that aren't. There's going to be some that are just rich and some mm-hmm. that aren't. There's um, rich some, in prayer. some people that are, that are really, really beautiful and there's some people that are just homely. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just like, that's just part of it. Yeah. It, it really is. And as much as we like, ah, like are irritated by that, you don't want to be copycats. Um, 
but you also like just understand that he created all of us with differences yeah. um, for his purpose. Mm. And the Bible then assumes that in that um, you will seek God the mm. exact way that he made a Jew was at uh, <laughs> uh, Ephesians 2.10. Like we have been created, we've been crafted, we've been yeah. formed by the master craftsman. Um, and, and in that we are called to do the good works that he prepared ahead of time for, for us, us to, to do. do. Um, and if we would just function in that, he made me and he made me this way and he's going to mm. give me and supply all of my needs so that I can do the things that he's called me to do on yep. this planet until I get home. That's good. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'm just reminded of Philippians 4, 11, um, through 13, which I know 13 is pretty common. Most people know it, but just a four eleven. Oh, not that I'm speaking of being in need for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. And in every circumstance, I've learned the secret of place, facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So it's this idea that no matter what situation you're in, whether how little you have or how much you have, um, you're going to learn to be content. You're going to be satisfied with what you have because of what John just said, that that you know Jesus, and because Jesus is King and Lord, he's both enough, and then he's going to provide you with what you need until we get home. Uh, and so I, I think that's just the the method of, in any, in any situation where you're comparing, uh, ask yourself the question of, am I believing Jesus is enough? One and two, am I believing that he's going to provide me with all I need? Yeah. Am I believing that Jesus is enough? And am I going to, is he going to provide me with everything I need? Because if, if both of those answers are yes, then there's no reason to have a negative view of comparison. Mm. If Jesus is enough and Jesus is providing you with everything you need, then, then you'll be okay. You don't need to compare. Yeah. So, yeah. Contentment's huge. First Timothy 6 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. And then verse 7 goes into, um, a similar idea that, that God spoke to Job, um, for we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. Mm-hmm. And so even the idea of contentment, you can't even bring that into your own heart. That's going to be God working in and through you um, to bring about contentment for him, uh, which is a cool concept. So That's good. Yeah. That's all about all I got. So Hey, that's enough. Yeah. Hey, and you know what? You're going to be okay if the Astros finish second in the division this year. <laughs> that was on his mind this entire time. He was just waiting, <laughs> was just waiting for it. Yeah, it's fine. And you're going to be okay if you still don't win a World Series. I get to compare to last year. So. <laughs> I'm rooting for the Braves if, if we don't make it. Yeah, right. You don't have to root for the Braves. They're yeah, great. They're going to win anyway. So, All right. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back here next week on 127 on the mic. But until then, take care of yourself. I'm waiting for the outro music to come on. There it is. Um, Hit the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> live in a godly manner, guys. We'll see you next time.